love is going to bust him out. He's already out, Sean. Just because you put syrup on something. Don't make it pancakes. Uh, welcome to Season 6, Episode 15 of this podcast, End of Psych. And it starts right about mm, now. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe, and riding shotgun in the blue bear with me, as always, is the vanilla ice dancing, anchovy pizza eating, nunchuck swinging, woo, pizza van driving, sewer surfing, mutagen bathing, son of a gun, he's having a hard time keeping those alligators down, woo, Billy, my guy, how's it going? Ninja, ninja, rap, ninja, ninja. Rap, uh, go ninja, go ninja, go. I love that movie. I know people say it's bad, but it's one of my all time favorites. Love the turtles, great intro. Uh, hello, uh, we're back, and Joe, we are back with an episode that shockingly was better than we both remember. Yeah, and we, like both, way better. we both scored it fairly high. So that is uh, season psych season six, episode 15, True Grits. If you've been listening to this program, I know we've been on a bit of a break. But if you've been listening to the episodes leading up to this, you will have heard us undoubtedly say, this episode sucks. We don't like it. Uh, but but we may surprise you. That we, we may surprise you. We will. Synopsis. Thane, side note, hate that fucking name, but that's a gripe aside. Thane is released from prison after testimony from his trial is thrown out and the charges dropped. Thane wants to find the real criminal, so he hires Sean and Gus. Uh, Juliet originally, this is terribly fucking worded. Juliet originally handled the case. Now Sean and Juliet butt heads to solve it. Uh, I think in the synopsis, they should have left that last part out, and they should have just, the, the synopsis should have been, Thane wants to find the real criminal, so he hires Sean and Gus. That should have been it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gets a little I, bit too much. Yeah, because I think uh, when you when we find out that Juliet was the person was the cop that initially put him away, that's a big reveal. It is, and I do think she should have had a little more acting in her eyes when they said the word Thane. Because you yes. point, how many people have you ever heard named Thane? Only time. Yeah, only time. Uh, so some quick thoughts. Uh, this is an episode. I would call it a tale of two memories. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we both feel that way because I remember watching this the first time, watching it, you know, uh, live when it dropped Sunday night or Saturday, whatever it was, Saturday night, and uh, thinking, I don't much care for this episode. Wait, this was a fucking Saturday night show? Yeah. I had no idea. I don't remember. Friday, Friday or Saturday. Friday. Okay. I only watched season eight live. Yeah. So, um, wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, fr- Friday night program. It was a Friday night program on USA. That kind of sounds right. With Monk and uh, Suits and you know the, the whole the whole shebang. And I I remember the reason why I didn't like it is that uh, Anthony Anderson, who you know, I would say he has his moments. He can be he can be fairly funny. He was he was fine on Law and Order when he was on. Oh, um, that's why I hate him. He oh, took over really? Lenny Briscoe's spot. That's why I absolutely hated him. <laughs> And I don't really like him much. And I know you don't like him in this episode. He was acting at a different speed. I'll tell you what, rewatching this, I fucking loved it. 
Well, I so loved I, it. So, <laughs> I loved it. So that's so that's 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 you know the next thing I was going to get at. So I I, I Anthony Anthony is fine. He's the epitome of fine to me. Sometimes he makes me laugh. Other times. Eh. So in this episode, I remember the first time through did not do it for me, and I really kind of, it really kind of bugged the shit out of me. R- upon rewatch, I will say there's moments that bug me, uh, and I really wanted to to really shit on him this episode, but man, he has some moments that absolutely fucking kill me. Kill me. So right, it's 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 weird. It's the most bipolar acting performance on this show that we've seen. Uh, I think period ever. Yeah, yeah. So. Like, I want to dig into this for one sec here because we've had a lot of guest stars that like mum, 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 chew the scenery. And he's yeah. definitely one of them. Oh, you know, yeah. Lou Diamond Phillips was another one. But I feel like Lou Diamond Phillips blended, right? Yes. I felt like he fit what they were doing. I don't know what a lass he is. But, you know, he was very uh, like palatable for the scenes he was in his fit. Even when they had like Agent Tom Fong and the other guy who are a little bit over the top, they fit. Uh, Craig, he was a little bit over the top as well and didn't didn't seem like he was in the same show at points. But for the most part, he fit. I think he played well with Sean. Anthony Anderson is almost acting in a different type of comedy, but it's fucking hilarious. Like his like over the t- like he's so over the top in his delivery of sincere like emotional lines because we know he can act serious and he's right. in this like comedic serious performance which upon rewatch because i don't remember liking it the first time upon rewatch i really enjoyed it yeah the scene which we'll get to in a moment when the when he first hired sean and gus that was amazing he fucking killed it the thing i have the thing about him and his performance in this episode is that he'll literally go zero to sixty at the drop of a hat. Oh yeah, right. And sometimes it works. Sometimes I fi- I found it a little, um, a little much. I say all this. I'm telling you guys. I think I rated this e- uh, episode higher than Billy did. Um, but like that's the thing. Like his highs are fucking in the they're fucking in the stratosphere, right? And his lows don't even come anywhere close to like being bottomed out. They're just like I find him mildly annoying at times. Yeah. Um, but he has some one-liners. He has like some <laughs> moments that just are absolutely brilliant. And in the first half of the episode, him, Sean, and Gus are great together. And then something happened, right? And it, and it fits with the story and all that. But there's like, there's just some things I found a little repetitive. And sometimes when he went to zero to six, he's like, oh, it just was a little okay. I didn't, I didn't necessarily need that there. But man. The, the second scene of this episode in that psych office, all Hilarious. three of them, is a tour to force performance. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so let's see. We get a lot of great one-liners, which I completely mm-hmm. forgot about. Uh, a lot of great references. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought I thought the, the, the best thing about this episode was the plot. And that's that pretty strong. Because the comedy was at some of Psych's best. Uh, oh, they I had re- some hilarious bits in this. Hilarious, and, and I and I really loved. Uh, I really loved the overall story. I thought it was well paced. I thought it was well thought out. I liked the Sean Jules butting heads. Mm-hmm. Um, Lassie and Henry, great episode for those two. Um, and I think this is uh, definitely worth throwing back into uh, into the rewatch rotation. 
Oh, absolutely. And like in this one, like I always kind of forget where the line that I love from this one comes from because it's not an episode I watch a ton. I think the same happened with Let's Do Up again. There was a line in there that I was like, holy shit, that's the that's the line from that episode. Yeah, yeah. And you kind of forget, but they had a ton of really hilarious moments in this. Yeah. Uh, so director, writer, Reginald Hudlin. Uh, he directed season five, uh, Fairy Tale, mm -hmm. uh, which you mentioned earlier with um, with Craig. Craig. Um, <laughs> Craig. And True Craig. So these are the only two episodes that he's done. Um, I think this is better than Fairy Tale uh, yes. by, a, by a good margin. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> and this was written by Steve Franks and uh, Saladin K. Uh, Patterson. Uh, as we mentioned before, the special guest star in this is Anthony Anderson. Um, and no flashback scene to mm. kick off, William. No, no, no. They, like they, at this point, they've only now used it to really set it up. When before it was a staple of the show that at a certain point got forced. So they've yep. dialed that back. And I think, you know, I think we might get one. Um, I don't know if we get one in Santa Barbara time, maybe. We get a, I think we get a flashback scene, but it's involving Henry, not the boys. I don't think. Yeah, I think you're right. Right. Um, and then I think we get a couple from here on out, just kind of sprinkled in. But for mm -hmm. the most part, I think that that plot uh, device is is kaputsk. Um, so the episode just kind of gets right into it, and we're outside of a prison, and this is where we meet. I mean, we need to get into it, and we need to tell the people our process. Oh fucking hey, Billy! We take a month off, and I forget fucking everything. You hit the sounders, baby. Usually starts with a holla and ends with a creamsicle. And then if there's time in between, Thundercats. Ho! And for our loyal listeners, uh, I've been sick. Joe's been sick. I went to the Super Bowl. So uh, it's been a bad time. But, you know, we got this episode. We got the banger that is the Santa Barbara town. And then we'll have special guests for the end of year rewatch. But for now, we are in to one of the best parts of the show. That is keep tonight, keep tonight. Keep You're red hot. We're red hot. We're red hot, baby. Speaking of Thundercats, uh, friend of another podcast uh, that I do, Declan Chalvi, uh, his uh, sort of uh, he's rewriting or he's writing a Thundercats comic. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Right. Anyways, um, so uh, the, the episode begins uh, outside of the prisons where we meet Thane Woodson. Um, and he is being released, as a synopsis uh, tells you, due to faulty testimony that was discovered um, that initially locked him away. I believe there's mm -hmm. something called the Innocence Project. There's a great line about that with Lassie later on in the episode. Um, and so this is where we kind of get Thane and all his Thaneness. And so mm -hmm. these, this, this scene right here is sort of like the epitome of the things that annoy me about him, mm -hmm. um, which you know is not. Uh, you know, diminish all the, the funny things that he does, but he starts he, the, the legal jargon, like the, the man in prison knows all the legal jargon, thinks he's a lawyer shtick, right? I, uh, the only thing I didn't like about this is that he said he had a law degree and he's like, no, I don't like, he doesn't like that was like, yeah. just like, you don't need to do that. I did like the part like where he was like, I'm going to become a police officer. He's like, no, he's not. Then I'm going to find the people. Like I did like that gimmick. I just didn't like the fact that he lied about being a lawyer. That seemed unnecessary. Like, detriment yeah like that was no just reason. like yeah i i that's that was the stuff that just kind of bugged me uh a little you know a bit uh with him and he starts just shouting out the the the, the, the california penal I love codes it. i love I, I only love it in the sense that i love when sean riffed off it 
Nah. Right, which we'll get to it in the next scene because it, it got like I know the rule of uh comedy is repetition, you know. You know, the I, key to comedy is repetition, and repetition, of course, is the key to comedy, yes. And I didn't, I didn't much enjoy that repetition. It, it, that was like that was the thing about it that drove me a little nuts, but anyways. Um, uh, so th- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I fucking love that picture. That is the old man yelling at clouds picture for those of you who aren't watching along. (laughs) I put Doc on Grandpa Simpson when he yelled at a cloud. Um, So with that said, he does have some tremendous one-liners. So we go right from that scene right to the psych office. Dane is sitting on the couch with his lawyer. He's talking to Sean and Gus because he wants them to take up this case because he wants to find the killer so that he can get restitution in the mm-hmm. form of a large sum of money, uh, a $10,000. and thousand. Oh, $100,000. Oh, right. Yeah, a right. lot of words in that contract. It was in that contract. And the guys don't don't want to do it at first. And he starts mm-hmm. citing out. This This is what I did like, though, where he goes. Um, <laughs> he's t- <laughs> I did love this running gag, though. He kept talking about prison like he was like a hardened criminal in there for like. Two years, a, eight months. Right. And every time it just like gets worse and worse and they're like dude you were you were in there for like not even three years like commutates right <laughs> i like it in that sense but also like i would not want to spend two years and eight months in prison oh god no no right it's so it is of- funny when they do use it and then they don't use it and then gus uses three years and then he uses three years and he's like who yeah. are you the math police i'm rounded up like You're rounded up right i'm rounded up like, I, so it's a I great running that. gag in the episode yeah uh it's sort of like i don't know how close you've been watching wrestling but when uh dominic mysterio first turned heel he oh was in- night prison yeah right Right, great. Like I, I, I love, it. and he was talking. I mean, about that's some, like as Nestle would say, that is a license to print gold. It really like is. the the short stay in prison equaling the hardened criminal. Yeah. hilarious. This is like legit. You could be a hardened criminal in two years, eight months. But the yeah. fact that it's two years, eight months, and they keep hitting it, and it's like the girlfriend, the you know, I lost my youth. You're only two years older than you were. Right, right. <laughs> like all of that stuff kills. Yeah. Yeah, they nailed it. Like that, that stuff was on point. And I love this thing. It's like I was in violation of California Penal Code four fifty nine and two eleven. And then she just goes rubbed up against a woman in a subway. No, wait, that's four fifty eight. And Gus like, how do you fucking know that? Fucking great. Uh, so like that that like when when used right, I just thought it was used a little too much. But again, I'm shaking my hand at the shaking my fist, you know, at the clouds. Um, but this this was all set up. For Sean and Gus to say, you know what? This is not our case, dog. Like, this is not for us. And then Thane just sort of goes into this whole thing about him and how his life's been ruined. He just wants to get his life back. And he fucking knocked it out of the park. And what was even better was Sean and Gus's reaction. They start, you know, oh Gus starts sympathize, you know, sympathy crying. Even even Sean gets on. He's like, <laughs> he set his girl free. Like a hurricane. She got married quick. Yeah. <clears throat> and then he's like, I've never had a cause before. Sean, don't go Spike Lee and do the right thing on me. And when he hums the trash. Oh, my <laughs> God. Like, that is one of the funniest moments in Psych. And then he goes, love, go bust him out. He's already out, Sean. <laughs> yeah. And then I bought I need to buy another shirt with this on there. But I bought a shirt at one point with this on there. Just because you put syrup on something. Don't make it pancakes. And 
I thought that was like a fucking line from a Spike Lee movie. <laughs> it's not. It's just a fucking line he made. Like they made up. It's one of the like, like it. It's it's one of those pearls of wisdom. Like we interviewed this idiot uh, at one of the like events we went to for uh, like a fantasy thing, and one of the dumbest people I've ever met. But he was like, "I only look at what I can see." <laughs> And like he said it so profoundly that I was just like, I'm using this because he sounds like an idiot and it sounds profound, but it's fucking not. But like, just because you put syrup on some, don't make a pancake. You can put syrup on a lot of things, you really well, mostly breakfast food, but the fucking delivery and then just, just goes, what? Like, <laughs> it is one of the all time great psych lines. And the delivery after the bust out thing, and like that, I'd never had a cause like that. Everything about this is so good. It's it's perfect. It's a perfect fucking scene. Uh, it's hilarious. Just delivered perfectly <sighs> by each each actor involved. And it's Which almost I better because like we don't watch this. Like I've watched certain episodes of Psych literally. Some of them probably plus 50, 60, 70 times. Yeah. I've seen this maybe as they would say on Psych. You can count them on one shop teacher's hand, right? Yeah. Like four or five times, maybe tops. And like you forget that the line is in this episode. You'll 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 be proud of swag. And speaking of just saw this, Megan came home. Uh when Megan goes to the grocery store, she doesn't buy the kind of snacks that I buy. And she legit came home with a bag of uh dried apples. Oh yeah. And Violet goes, That's not a snack, mom. <laughs> oh, what a champ. Yeah, she gets it. She gets it. You she gets it. Long enough, it seeps in, it seeps mm-hmm. into That's their subconscious. It's not a snack, mom. <laughs> I fucking died. Um, so we go next scene. We get to the station, and you know, <laughs> I I love this because Sean and Gus they they sort of they you know, approach Juliet, and they're very proud. They are mm-hmm. so proud of the case that they are undertaking. They've and never had a cause before, and they're selling it to Jules. Right? Like we're basic. We're basically civic heroes. We're freedom, freedom fighters. fighters now, and just their excitement is mm-hmm. so. Great. And what I loved, and I, I wrote all of this down because, again, this is another scene uh, that absolutely kills me. And what we get here is, as they're telling Jules, the music changes. And you get sort of this, like, you know, honky-tonk, you know, spaghetti western music that's playing in the background. And it's and the it, ping-ponging back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I'm going to highlight, we're going we're gonna to reenact something for the people here, Okay. I'm highlighting your scenes here. I got in you. the in the yellow, right? You might want to bold those so you can see them. Because I got it. Okay, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Once upon a time, poor country boy in search of a better life, dusts off his old coveralls, hops on a freight, and leaves the dusty roads of Georgia behind. That's grapes of wrath, and it wasn't a freight, and it wasn't Georgia. Dane wasn't alive yet. He had no formal education, but he did know a hundred uses for peanut. That was George Washington Carver. Thane was a master in culinary arts. So we moved to Santa Barbara and it bought a horse. That's true. And in no time, he got a job as head chef. And then his life took a tragic turn as the restaurant he worked at got robbed. He was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Got arrested. Spent three long years in the big house. Not the clink. The best. Right That's there. That's the best. That's Fuck the me. whole life. Not the clink. Not the click, right? 
<laughs> Gus was amazing. Like Gus was really good. He really was. I went off the beaten path for my favorite character this episode, but you could have given it to Sean or Gus mm. in this episode and given it to Gus just for the delivery of that. Not the line. click. Not the click. Oh, so good. And so this is what we were talking about a moment ago. And even though it happened, they give it away in the synopsis and it happens early on. I thought this was a great moment where Jules just sort of gives us a look and we find out she's the one that put Thane away. Um, And what we should have gotten was during that beautiful, beautiful delivery there by Sean and Gus is just look of dread on Juliet's something face. In the, something in the eyes. Like yeah. a little bit of like turned face when you heard Thane because like, yeah, you know, and like the story is obviously very relatable. So I would have liked a little bit there, but that's just very nitpicky. Uh, I did like her reaction post story, and then the awkward moment of Jules and Sean standing there was great. And then Gus, as you said, taking off, like because <laughs> it's a one shot, and it plays out completely of him getting in the car, slamming the door shut, pulling away, skidding away, and then peeling down the street. Like that kind of bit will always be hysterical. I like mean, it goes all the way back to did. season one and season two yeah. with one of them taking mm-hmm. off, mostly Gus taking off. And then the look on Sean's face, he's just sort of standing there awkwardly with Jules like, did that just happen? Uh, oh, real <laughs> quick too. Like the, the not the clink, is the same, like similar delivery when he is uh, Suggs and like he gets fired and he's like, not my job, not my job, not my job. job, my job. <laughs> I mean, like, like he is like, he has such a knack for like that specific kind of acting. It's <laughs> fucking so good. Not, not my clink. job. Like it's like I don't know how you describe it. It's like not. Oh, it's like overacting on purpose in the scene where it makes sense. Yeah. Like, and he does it in such a way where it just it's perfect. I I have to if for some reason. I ever get fired or let go of my job. <laughs> not my job. Not my job. Not my job. <laughs> Gotta do it. Right? What do you have to lose at that point? Um, so at this moment, not only do we find out that key piece of information, uh, but it sets up a really great sort of butting of heads from J- Sean and Jules for the rest of the episode. And Jules is convinced she put the right man away. Mm-hmm. And Sean's like, no. Uh, you got it wrong. The mm-hmm. Innocence Project is telling you that you got it wrong. And this is where Lassie, like, Lassie's great in this episode because he just acts as, like, a perpetual thorn, just needling both Sean but especially Jules. And he loves twisting the knife between the you two. You're going to break over this. <laughs> right. And 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 so Sean kept throwing this Innocent Project thing back in Jules' face. And I love this from Lassie where he goes, all <laughs> criminals say they're innocent. Or they were framed, or stopped choking. Me. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's so subtle. It's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Not good in like the post certain no, uh, right, it, like day and age. But I, I at the time it was it was funny, and obviously it's uh, dramatized. But yes, we uh, don't condone this. <clears throat> but it was just the way he says it, the way he delivered. For the no type of like, comedy it was, it was very yeah. good. And also, yeah. like in today's day and age, where like you know people are shooting at egg coins. Um, yeah, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm all right. I feel a little funny, right. but it like uh, he was great, and <laughs> the delivery of like you two gonna break up over this. Yeah, yeah. 
And then he's like, uh, which is why they're high on my list uh, of enemies, along with UNICEF, Internal Affairs, and Lance Bass. Don't ask. Right. Just like I love I, I love his continuing beef with internal affairs because there's mm-hmm. nothing that makes more sense in this world I... than those two hating each other. Um, and I got to say, I wrote a little note here. Sean's being a bit of a pud, being a bit of a bit of a pud. <coughs> He's, you know, like towards Jules, you know, with the whole, well, the Innocence Project, you know, um, right. You're wrong. Like, I, I get the. Um, yeah, I get, no, I, I get, get, I, I, I get it, you. but like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, yeah, I won't call you. Don't, on that. We don't see Sean act like that towards Jules all that often. No. Um. So, <laughs> oh, and I love this. So Sean, Sean leaves, and then last he looks at Jules. He says, "So when things end poorly with Spencer, oh Marla and I have met the perfect person for you." And Jules, this was great. She hesitates for just a moment, and says, "That means that person is in prison, and is a woman." What part of that is a problem for you? Hilarious, like fantastic, uh, fantastic, tremendous. Where do we go? Also, from- when he's like, uh, you know, I used to date somebody on the force. You forget it can get hairy. Now that I date an incarcerated civilian, couldn't be better. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, uh, I fucking love Lassie in this episode. I actually, I think his best part was here. I don't love him as much as you do the rest of the episode. I think he was a little. Well, this is know. pretty much what sold it for me. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple of other, you know, lines that ones. he's he's got in there, but like I just I love that because he wasn't like he was never really in the way. He was he was smarmy as he is, mm-hmm. just that constant needling of the two. Um, I knew you were probably gonna go Sean, and I like I said, I could have gone Gus just for the clink, but um, you know, spoiler alert. It's 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 lassie for me. But where do we go to next from here, William? We went to the restaurant, and this is a scene I think you didn't like the pacing of things up and down. But it is a pretty good scene setter because you find out a lot actually in this scene. You find out that he burgled the restaurant in which he worked at, but you also get some key pieces of information about the robbery and how it went down. You also get Thane coming into the scene the first time I think that he's supposed to be on scene, and maybe that's why they tell him to stay away from the rest of them. Yeah. He comes in, he meets Mercer. Mercer gives him the sad story of like, sorry, I was on a lot of pressure, blah, 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 blah. We later come to find out why he actually did it. Um, but you don't like his overacting here. Yeah, it was a little much because he comes in, right? And he does the whole like, okay, I'm reformed. I'm going to I'm gonna be the better man. Uh, I forgive you. Goes in, gives him a bro hook. And then like zero to 60 starts yelling at him. You took away right? my life. Yeah. So, like, this was, like, that was, like, that shift of the overactingness really was a, was the kind of stuff that annoyed me. Not not necessarily his lines and his delivery, but, like, that, like, you're taking this character. I, for me, it was either make him all or none. Yeah. Right? right? I agree. It's either make him all just, like, because if he was just, like, the penal code, bop, 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 over the top, always yelling. Like, actually, all I, the way I like, I like the the roller coaster of emotion. The, the roller coaster mm. of emotion, I think, was at its best towards the end of the episode when Jules is finally on his side and he's mad at the guys, mm. right? That, like, but like this scene right here, like. Mm, I want I want it all or none, really. But that's uh, to me. Fair. I will admit, like it was uneven and it did make me feel uncomfortable. But I appreciate it more 
And I think I need to watch because I think Max said like he doesn't like Anthony Anderson either. Yeah. And I think we're just like I'm not saying he's like ahead of his time or anything like that, but like I think we're like underestimating like his form of comedy because I think it's like different than what we're used to. Yeah. And I definitely think he felt like to me, he felt like he was acting in a different episode. Yeah. But sometimes that works. And I think for me, like this worked like he like second time around because I'm with you. Like I remember watching this and I would only watch it on like my full rewatches of Psych. A lot of the times I throw on like six, seven episodes of like what I know I'm going to like. And this is never one of them. Right. So I think I underestimated the the performance he had. Yeah. And like I said, there's moments where it works brilliantly. Yeah. And no, there's 100%. some moments where and this for me was was one of them oh, yeah. where it didn't work. But what we also get here, too. Right. Is that, you know, we get the chef looks at Thane and said, well, that's the guy that did it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he sort of is describing uh, you know, the scene as he recalls, and there's some some um bits of information that Sean goes, wait a second, that sounds familiar. There was there was a recent robbery at a stop and gulp with the same MO. And counting backwards right. or saying the alphabet backwards or something. Right. And and so what's interesting here is that well, how and they don't really bring this up, but how could it be Thane? You know, if it's it's the same MO. It's in the he was in the clink, right? Not clink. So that right there, like, should have like uh, given Jewel, uh, Jules and Lassie some pause. But well, maybe they weren't on that. That you know, true. That's just never never let the truth get in the way of a good story, right, uh, Felger? Uh, but I like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. a great little detail. Yeah. And so now they go to the convenience store and they talk to the clerk. And this was great, where the clerk is like, the, the kid's like, that's, that's him. That's him. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it couldn't have been him. He was in the clink. But mm-hmm. same thing. We find out zip ties were used. We get some more evidence here where we find out that some recent construction was done mm-hmm. and that uh, they won't be able to recoup any insurance money because the back security cameras weren't working. Mm-hmm. So now we're starting to get some like really good like clues here. Like, because I feel like we haven't had a lot of good clues lately in a lot of these recent episodes. And that's one of the things I love about Psych is, you know, the clue phase. You want to shoot your clue juice everywhere. Yeah, that's right. You want a big raging clue. That's right. Um, And and this is why I did love. So we get, again, uh, Thane overacting, yelling at the, you know, yelling at the the clerk. And uh, was it Sean that said this? Or it might have been Gus. He goes, why don't you ice cube it down and not That was Sean, yeah. Or yeah. five, I'm like, yes, and that, that's you. a great line, and I, yeah. I'm glad they acknowledged it because, like, yeah, sometimes they like uh, in a movie like um, the Meg, like they just speak to everything to try to undercut its like obvious play at it, like, um, like literally they had a black guy in the movie who couldn't swim, and they just spoke to it to kind of like, like be able to joke about it and also be like, this is too obvious, like, like yeah. one of those things, or like somebody's hair they're like they they speak to it in the movie so it's like less um like obvious or like they acknowledge it so like you know the um uh what is it like the self-defecation like um oh, yeah. helps you like endear yourself to your audience so like him acknowledging like his over-the-topness yeah. i think helps the to undercut his overacting which yeah. I, and i don't think it's like overacting where like it doesn't like the director was like, fuck this guy. I think the director yeah. was like, this isn't what I wanted, but it's working or something yeah. to that effect. 
Yeah, and it, it was a great line by Sean, and I loved it. And then what I loved too was uh, was uh, Thane's reaction to Sean using uh, the, his finger to eyebrow device. Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, "How'd you do great. that, man? You get kicked in the head. You got Creole in your blood." Like the way he comes to his face and like puts his hands up there, and then I love is like, no, much like Lady Gaga, I was born this way, and while I don't have a meat dress, I do have a tie made entirely of beef jerky. And then yeah. he's like, "You don't want to tell me the truth, Sean." Don't tell me no, 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 it's true. <laughs> and like, yeah. And he's like, beef jerky. He's like, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Uh, but like, you got you got Creole in your blood. <laughs> Creole in your blood. Like the way he delivers that, like that is that's like his best delivery of the whole movie. Yeah, because uh, it's whole, toned uh, down, uh, it's subtle, and it but you like you know, like you got Creole in your blood. Um, and then we uh Henry uh, Sean gets a call from Henry, oh. uh, who is very integral in this uh in this episode. He tells Sean that there was a jewelry store robbery. With the same mo, mm-hmm. specifically with the zip ties as the common theme, so now we head over to the jewelry store, um, and Jules' first words to Sean here was, "Can we move dinner from seven to eight? Thane's guilty, right?" And I, one, two, three, eyes on me. And this Sean goes into and he he sees all the telltale signs. He sees that the there's a missing. Um, uh, power cable to the security cameras and it looks like they had some recent construction done when he asked the store manager she said yes we did have some construction done and now we have something linking all three things one of which took place three years ago two years and eight months ago um but two most recent ones so we have a pattern here so where do they go they start thinking okay well it's got to be maybe uh who'd you guys hire for construction right mm-hmm. maybe there's there, there's our guy there and uh again Thane walks in, store clerk points at Thane and says, that's the guy who did it. And Lassie tells him to scram. Um, <laughs> and then Thane, again, cites some penal code, code. Blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm here as long as I do not wander aimlessly. I'm here to holler at my boy, Sean. Holla. And then this is where Lassie goes, that's why prison shouldn't allow books or water. See, this is where I thought like it was too like over the top. Yeah, I, I I I I won't I won't argue with you on that, but I still like it's it's a lassie, it's lassie, right? You know, um, I just but I like the like I would have water. preferred books or outdoors time. Like water yeah. is a basic human right. Like that's one of those things where I'm like, it's a different time. Like they did make some inappropriate Ken jokes in earlier episodes, but. You but Lassie doesn't think of these people or hippies as people. <sighs> no, criminals are hippies as people, right? So why should they have water, right? So, uh, but anyways, um, so Sean's like, let's work together, you know, with Jules. Like we can, we can all figure this out. Mm-hmm. And but Dan's like, uh-uh, that's the that's the broad that get the counter that put me away. I ain't trusting you. Either working with me or you're working with her. And this is where we find out that. Uh, you know, in the contract with all the words that if they help him solve the case, they get a $10,000 cut. That was so good because he's like, my lawyer sent over the contract. And like Gus just looks at him. He's like, there's so many words. Yeah. It's yes, a contract. And then Sean tries to do the cool thing. Hey, do you mind? You no, you know, not really realizing because he's a bit of adult sometimes. They're going to build that- a wall. Yeah. <laughs> you know, professionalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jules is like, yeah, sure. No problem. And of course, you know, she's going to take it personal and do everything she can to be the one to solve the case uh, before they can. So I thought that was a great little device, too, because it it added some great moments and also a little bit of levity, you know, in the episode. So now they're in the car. They're Mm -hmm. driving. um, 
And this is where they put together. Let's go look at the contractors. So they go there, and Jules is already there with Lassie. They've got a guy uh, as a potential suspect, witness, person of interest, if you will. Sean asked if he could ask him some questions, and Jules went, no, don't think so. So then when they get to the station. She has a great turn of phrase, too, where she's like, they go back and forth, and like he said, I can't talk to you. And then she's like, oh, I can't talk to you. Oh, right, right, right. And so when they get back to the station, Sean wants to interview the guy. And Lassie's like, get them out of here per orders of Juliet O'Hara. And we get Buzz. Buzz is escorting Sean out. But he gives Sean a, a great piece of evidence saying that he only hires, this guy day only hires day laborers. Uh, and Sean asks if he can not pass that information on to them. He goes, no, I get he it. He already did. Good. Yeah. This is one of my favorite scenes in the whole, like maybe the whole season. Oh, at, at Home Depot? This is fucking great. So this is, <clears throat> so. <laughs> Sean hammered has, <laughs> so his, has, And his hammer too. It's like the fucking hammer you like hit somebody with at the fucking reflexes. No, so no, I'll, I'll tell you who it is. My gra- my grandmother had the fucking hammer like this. This is this is a hammer. So they're at they're at Home Depot. They're trying to blend in because they're trying to see if they can get some of the day laborers to talk. You know, get get some get in on the inside. And and, and <clears throat> Gus is walking with his little. It's like a little tack hammer. Yeah. It's like a little hammer my nana would have for like hanging pictures on the wall. <laughs> Right. Um, it's not going to, you know, actually drive anything other than a small brad or tack into the wall to hang a picture frame. And it's painted with little flowers on it. Hilarious. You know, something that you buy at, you know, a farmer's market or Hammer something. Eats. Right. And he's and the way he's holding it, his, he's got excellent posture and he's holding this thing straight up in front of him. And then he hocks a loogie <laughs> <laughs> on Sean's shoe. Right. Which was. And he does the gust. I believe he does the gust. He goes, I will slap you in the face. Yeah, right. It's just, it's, it is such a great scene. And they, you know, they're kind of asking around. And there's a rando day laborer who says, you know, listen, if you want to get on, get in on so and so screw, it's, it's almost impossible. Drywall, carpentry, plumbing. Yeah, you got to be able to do all these things, right? Know all these things. Um, And, so Sean asks if there was a guy who's worked with him recently on X, Y, and Z jobs. He goes, well, there's this one guy, uh, his name's Carl, uh, but he hasn't been seen since the last time, since mm-hmm. the last job. But I remember whereabouts he got dropped off. So that's where the guys are going to go. And right before the scene ends, and, and, and maybe I should switch mine to this character because Henry shows up has no idea that Sean and Gus are there. He's got his trucks, and he just starts spouting off Spanish, and they all jump into his truck. He says, "Yeah, hola, I need three amigos. Mucho forte. <laughs> you know what forte means? I do not. Strong ability. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you built that back deck by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and here, here is one of the best, like, because at this time, I believe, or he was close to it, um, Anthony Anderson was on Law and Order, either yes. before, right before or right at, like right after this, or like a little time after this. Like no, he, he, during or like before this, he was on Law and Order, and like I don't know if you caught this, but Gus goes three o two. I guess we're going to Arroyo, and then Sean goes boom boom. Oh, I know, I didn't pick up on that. It was boom, boom. so 
fucking subtle. Like, cause you know how they do the black screen, they give yeah. the location and uh, the time and location, and then don't like to me, like that is it was fucking chef's. It was so underratedly, and I only noticed it this viewing. And I'd watched this episode like you know when we planned to do this probably like a month ago. I'd watched this episode twice and I didn't catch it. I caught it today at the gym on the treadmill and I was like, that's fucking brilliant. And there's another like subtle nod to psychism later, later in the episode. But like this show, like that dude gets it, like, man. Like they all yeah. get like that, that guy gets it. There's like, that, that's a uh, hell of a catch. <clears throat> like it's, it's so subtle too. Cause it's just like, well, it's three or two. I guess we're going to Arroyo. Bum, bum. Bum. Yeah, fucking uh, beautiful. I have to rewatch the episode just for that now, just to just yeah. to pick up on that because that that is a great catch. Like around two twenty two, uh, twenty two sixteen ish. Okay, okay. I will keep my peepers popped. So they head to uh, you know, the area of where they think you know Carl's house could be. Also, and- also, fucking. He's like, I rode my bike. I took the bus. Like he's just showing <laughs> up. And then yeah. at this one, he's like. Uh, thanks for taking me here. Well, you hid in the back of our car. Well, you left your keys hid in plain sight in the back of your desk drawer. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> like rule of threes. Like I loved it. Yeah, yeah that that was a good that was a good little little bit in there. So they start talking out loud. There's a guy on a porch. He says, "Oh, I know Carl. Carl's my son." So he starts, you know, talking to the guys about his knucklehead son and how he kicked him out of the house. And uh, you know, it turns out that. Um, you know, it was Carl who, you know, was at those jobs and, and, uh, so Gus takes a fucking picture of him and he kind of, sort of like, I could see how like some oh of these God. people would he's be like, like, he's got a big head. He like, I got a big head, but look how big his head is. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. Got three chins. I got one. Like the way he went back and forth. Something about the it. hair, right. The hairstyle. Right. It was, it was great, but it was close enough. You could, yeah. you could think that maybe at night or right. The, resembled each other i gotta find um, that actor because that guy's gotta be like uh he has to be a like a days of our life actor right probably he's something like that right stony uh, it's stony jackson nope i'm lying yeah but hang on fred dozier it's listed as stony ja- is that just a joke i don't i have no idea huh hmm no i think it is him is it uh Looks like Billy Widow, TV's own Billy Delaney is on it. He's on the case. Uh, I gotta look up his actual name. <laughs> no, I gotta like Google him because like the picture they have of him is not like him. It's, it's, yeah. Um, but anyway. Oh shit! It is Stony Jackson. No, well there you go. Because like that's in the the I think uh, the Lassie's sister episode where he's like, I'd want to be played by Stony Jackson because it's odd. <laughs> which which is a great which is something the psych would totally do right. Like just take an obscure reference, find the actor, and get him into an episode somehow. I felt like he would have definitely been in. Like he's been in a million things, like Family Matters, Dragnet. Like, holy yeah. shit, this guy goes back. Yeah, the yeah, seventies. Been, been around, mm-hmm. been around. He was in the Mod Squad. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Mash, uh, Mash. Yeah, he's been around. That's a that's a good career. That's a good doesn't he look career. like a. Uh, he's like so handsome. He looks like a uh, what do they call like a soap opera actor? Yeah. Right, it definitely like one of those you can place it, but you just don't know exactly where from because they've yep. kind of been everything. Sorry, I um, went on a Stony Jackson tear. That's hey, it's okay. It's, when don't we go on a Stony Jackson tear? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so after we kind of get all that information, right, Gus gets a picture of Carl so that he can mm-hmm. kind of like show like, hey, this could be the guy here. Um, they go to the restaurant. Uh, what was he? What was the? Oh, they Mercer. went to the restaurant because they wanted to show Mercer. It's like, hey, is this the guy that you? Yeah. Could this be the guy that you saw? And they get there, and it looks like something is awry, something is afoot. And I love this because they they kind of know. They get into the kitchen there, and they're like, shit, we're gonna open this up. It's gonna be a dead guy. And they do the rock paper scissors, see who has to open it. And John loses. He pulls it open, and out falls the chef. He did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so this is not looking good because at back at the station they get the security footage, and what do they see? Thane running away. Mm-hmm. But this could be interpreted a couple of different ways. One, you could interpret it as his guilt. He killed a guy, and now he's running. Second way you could interpret it was he was. We don't know why he was there, but he did look kind of scared. Like he mm-hmm. didn't look like a guy. No, he didn't look face. like he just committed a murder. Exactly. Uh, but it doesn't look great for him. And this gives Sean and Gus enough doubt, uh, you know, enough suspicion that they're starting to maybe doubt Thane's innocence. And um, they they kind of confront him about it because he's, you know, in the, you know, the station cell and he's and he's not happy. He ain't mm. having it. Uh, but Jules quickly is able to prove that Thane is innocent because another eyewitness saw someone else entering the restaurant just before Thane. Yeah, which was not actually Carl. Right. Uh, well, don't do, don't don't fucking ruin the reveal, Billy. Dude, we're doing uh, stuff that's like at this point fifteen years old. It's new to someone, William. No, it's not. Like they probably watched the episode. <laughs> in pre- like, like you watched the episode in preparation. <laughs> You should well, listen you know, to a random review of Psych without have seen the episode. Hey, hey, we have some great listeners. We don't know that, right? We don't want to, you know, we don't want to despair. If you anymore. are a listener who doesn't watch the episodes and just listens to us, one, we fucking love amen. you. Amen. Yeah. Two, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yes, please. And let us know if we're spoiling this. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't want to break down. We don't want to. We don't want to be known as those guys, right? No. <laughs> So I love this next scene. So Jules is all in. Thane's on team Jules. The guys are on the outs. Uh, Looks like they're not going to get their cut of the 10K. And so they're at Henry's. And we haven't had one of these scenes in a long time where Sean is sort of Hmm. talking to Henry for advice, you know, what to do. And we get wise old Papa Bear here where he tells Sean love lasts, money doesn't. And Sean tells him, (laughs) well, yeah, but 10 G's is a lot of money. And then the Henry goes, he's like, screw what I just said. Go buy Julietta brooch and a make brooch. up with me. <laughs> right. That is such an old man thing to say. Right. A brooch. I'm not even like, it's like a big pin, right? It's something like Pat would wear if he was like, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a brooch is something it's like that a big old, pin. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big pin that it's almost like a bolo tie without the strings. Like, like they put it on like a, a neckerchief. Yeah, they right. they'd have it right up around here. It almost kind of yeah. keep like the top button. Yeah, yeah. Fancy Not a shirt. bolo tie, but almost like a a tie clip, right? Yes, okay. right. Uh, but right up anyway. So uh, maybe a bolo, maybe a bolo for the neckerchief. Yeah, right. You know, because when I'm I look bo- up brooches right now, it's a big <laughs> pin, right? It's a big oversized pin. But I said bolo tie in the sense that like that's where it would sit. 
you know, on the upper part of the sternum there, like, you know, for a woman, it would help kind of keep maybe the top of their shirt, you know, buttoned, or maybe they wear it somewhere on the lapel. Who knows? But bro, you want a Louis Vuitton one for like $40,000 or a Gucci one for like 800. I'm going to Chinatown tomorrow. I could probably grab These one for 10 bucks. Spent. Holy shit. <laughs> Brooches ain't cheap. Bro- brooches are old timey uh old jewelry fact. Yeah. It's all it's old money, right? You gotta, you know. Yeah, you need like fucking brooches, Fabergé eggs. Jesus. No, know what you need to do, Billy, in your gift baskets? Throw a brooch mm. in there. Oh, dude, by the way, we we missed this. When Henry calls Sean about the crime, and he's like, another robbery happened, and guess what he was tied up in? And he goes, I don't know. Some bureaucratic red tape, oh. maybe some red vines. <laughs> I lost my fucking mind. That was like, great. If I ever get to pull out, what do you know what he was tied up with? And I get to break out, I don't know, some bureaucratic red tape. Like, <laughs> that is one of the fucking, f- and like Sean knows what he's going to say, but the fact that he just says, I don't know, some bureaucratic red tape that <laughs> tickled my funny bone so far. That is a brilliant, like, yeah, that was a, line. That was a perfect. great line. And Cram, don't you know it? You know why I'm going down Chinatown. Don't you worry about it. <laughs> uh, so from there, we're back at the station and they're awaiting some DNA results. Um, so they could try and prove um, Carl's guilt. Um, and what we find out is that from the jewelry heist, there was a lot of diamonds uh, that were stolen, and so Carl, you know, is presumably needs to unload them. Where is he going to unload them? Pawn shops, and this is where we we learn that they're conflict free diamonds. Well, Sean also like clocked that at the original. Jewish yes, story. that was that was a clue, uh, a figured eyebrow device. And then um, they are SI, which means they have a slight inclusion, and those are the conflict free ones. And Gus, de- Gus, like tells him like that means they have like flowers or blah blah blah. And he's like on the, on the inside and he says it like now that is that's probably one of their most subtle reference references because they say on the inside a lot. Yeah. But I think this was the first time they said on the inside where they weren't talking about undercover. Right. They still said on the inside. On the inside. And like to me as a psych like fanatic or as you would call it a psycho, that is such a subtle tip of the cap in such a fucking perfect way i loved it yeah and I, and, it. I, and i wonder if it was meant like written in the script to be said like that or if or they just did it they the just moment. saw it and he just went on the inside on the inside right i i think steve franks is that dialed in where he probably did it and if yeah, not yeah, maybe this is why we need like guests because i do want to know if like sean and gus like dule and um james are that dialed in as well and they just are like yeah, I saw the script and like it says on the inside, you know, it would be really funny. On the like, inside. like, I want to know like what the level is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I feel like at this point in this show's history, like things aren't just done by happenstance, Mm-mm. right? It's a, it's a well oiled machine, you know, mm-hmm. like nothing is done without a purpose. It's sort of like, you know, what the Star Wars and Marvel machines are now. Like, nothing mm-hmm. is done you know, without a purpose, right? Or a nod or a wink or, or, or even just like, like, did you make it like a jewelry heist so you could get that joke in there? Like, right, right, right. Or did you just be like, oh, like I just bought my wife a diamond. I know that they have inclusions on the inside, on the inside. Like, I want to know like that level, but like either yeah. way. Yeah, beautiful. it was, 
it was it was great. And so what we find out is that the, uh, they they were able to find the pawn shop where the diamonds mm -hmm. were sold. They traced it back to a Jasmine uh, Richards. Uh, yeah, yeah, who dis? Yeah, who? Hello, who dis? Um, and they get there, and she's like, "Yeah, they were a gift from my lousy ex, Carl." Wow. Um, you know, like, you know, why would you uh, accept him? Well, because he slept with my sister, so I had to get something out of this kind of thing. And right? like, I get this whole setup. I like the whole, oh, I don't have a pen. Do you have a pen? Jules goes on the hunt. But also, like, I don't know about you, but it's very infrequent. I just pour two random glasses of water and leave them on the table. That was my only thing. Like, just fucking put like Coke cans out or like, yeah, like a cup of coffee, like to yeah. me, just it's random uh, beer like, bottles, right? Beer bottles would have fit anything, like right? anything, but just like two perfectly set glasses of water, huh. even a like, like a pre-suns, literally anything else but that. To me, that just screamed like this is just to like it's a plot to just put anything mm -hmm. else there. Yeah, exactly. this is like the most picky thing I've probably ever had. But every time I saw that when I watched this episode, I'm like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one, no one's, no one's using juice glasses, right? Have a couple of, uh, have or a like couple two of cha two chairs untucked, like anything else. Like that was just like the most obvious of obvious things. Yeah, right. Uh, and yeah, anything. I was gonna say something lewd, but I, I held back. <laughs> um, so you know, she's, you know, obviously she's not alone, right? As you just said. Uh, Lassie's doing a classic stall tactic while Jules can go fine, and she sees him at stalling as Carl's about to jump out of a window. Um, and then they got their guy, right? So they're in the car, they're taking him back to the uh, the station when bang, they get fucking trucked. And I will say, in a lot of these instances, the acting of like, I can't get out of the car, uh, like this, I thought was very well executed. Like it felt real in the moment. The fact that like both of the doors wouldn't open or whatever, whatever. But like a lot of the times, even like in Criminal Minds, take a drink. Um, <laughs> there's an episode where like they get smashed in a car or like the car gets like taken out or whatever. And like that's like network, network TV is a little bigger budget. And I feel like that acting was lamer. Like I thought this like felt good. Well, considering that when it comes to special effects and stuff like this, psych isn't always oh terrible. The best <laughs> that that was legit. That that felt mm -hmm. that looked like a real car accident. Mm -hmm. They all played up really well. Smash and grab, if you will. Um, you know, Carl gets abducted, and that's what I love because we're just about the end of the episode here, and you think you've got the character. You, I mean, you've got the bad guy, uh, and then this is so out of left. You're like, well, who the fuck? Could it be right? Mm -hmm. Like the first time watching this, I had no idea, and I even forgot upon rewatch. It's been a while. I'm like, oh shit, what happens mm -hmm. here? Um, so they're back at the station. Um, they get the blood from the car, which matches the previous crime scene, um, but it, it's not a perfect match to Carl. It's a familial it's a match. Familial match, and we call back to when Sean and Gus. Uh, and Thayer talking to Carl, he mentions that well, I've only got one son, mm -hmm. so we don't, so we know that uh, Carl doesn't have any other siblings. So who could it possibly be? It's fucking Fred. It's his dad, and what that blood matches to is a, a crime that was committed back in eighty one, um, a Moida, 
So now it's all. Like Kyle was only eight years out. old. He's Benjamin Buttony. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, any sense, Sean. <laughs> I love the Benjamin Button reference. Uh, so now it's all it's all become clear, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, what what's been going on is that Fred has been keeping the cops away from Carl, so they don't get. Uh, so if he gets. Um, arrested he has to give a blood sample and if he gives a blood sample it's gonna tie his dad back to this unsolved cold case from 81 so he's been going through he we find out he paid off the chef right to the finger thane and not his son um and then he had to go back and kill him you know after the fact so he wouldn't spill the spill the guts because once the guys kind of figured out like oh carl's the guy we can't have any witnesses and he's the one that hit the hit the car, kidnapped car, all this stuff, right? So, like, I love that. It's good motive. I absolutely love that. It's it's great motive, and it takes what has just sort of been kind of a an okay plot device. It just gave it a little extra spice, you know. Mm-hmm. Kick kicked the stakes, everything up a little bit. Um, and and I absolutely, I thought that was great. And then the scene where they sort of confront him. And Carl's like, "What? No, I'm gonna turn myself in. Fuck you!" Like, I like that. That was that was good. Like, I really enjoyed, you know, the reveal, how it all wrapped up, um, and then <laughs> the end scene. Um, Thane got his restitution, but Psych ain't getting this. <laughs> runs a red light. Well, runs a stop sign. Runs a red light. I love the hugs. I also love when Gus gets dapped up. He goes, huh. like he gives his clock, he goes, huh. <laughs> So I loved it. I thought, I thought again, the, there was never a point in this episode where I was like, let's, where are we going? How are they going to wrap mm-hmm. this up? Can we wrap this up? <laughs> it wasn't like, Oh, here, here's the guilty party. We know who it is. Let's kind of get to it. It was just like, bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. It, it came together really quickly at the end, but it all made sense. Cause all the pieces of the puzzle were there, mm-hmm. uh, which was excellent. So Billy, Let's 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 uh, let's let's take this puppy home. Let's get to the next uh, section of the program. Thundercats, ho! Oh. Uh, most memorable moments. There there was a few, but the ones that really stuck out to me was the initial scene at the office. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, the station uh, where Sean and Gus tell Jules about the case they just took on, and then Home Depot. Mucho forte. <clears throat> yeah, that that Home Depot scene with with Gus and the hammer, and then Henry showing up and hiring the day labor. <laughs> hammer it's, and Gus. It was just so fucking good. Um, but then the crying scene, you know, Sean and Gus sort of like decided to take all of it. Was so so just good. Just as you put syrup on something, don't make it pancakes. Don't and one of my pancakes. best friends in the world. I said that randomly one time, and he thought it was hilarious. And I was just like, "People would love this show. We got to put- need it." I think Monks on Netflix now. Yeah, and so and so is it. Um, Royal Pains. Royal Pains. Like I would, I will start a Kickstarter. I will put a lot of my own money to put this show on fucking Netflix to have nothing to do with us, just to bring people psych. Because I think this- once it does, it's it's, re- it's going to take off like Suits did. Like it is, I wouldn't say it's tough to get through the early parts, but it's definitely not at the level it is in like mid season, late two to three as yeah. it is in the early parts. But even like the, the first episode is good. 
it's like it's a great, movie, but it's, it's a good. great binge watching show, right? Um, and I, I, like... I think it would do well. Um, least favorite moments. I've, I've already sort of talked about it. Like, mm-hmm. it's not that like it wasn't no, enough okay. to make me dislike him. Uh, but there were some times where it's like uh, a little oh. eye rolling a little bit. Oh. But I would say overall his performance was was good and and made me laugh. Um, favorite character. I'm changing it to Henry. It was Lassie. I'm changing it to Henry just because, because of the Home Depot scene. <laughs> because of the screw it, buy a brooch, go make up to Thane, right? Um, he was great. Henry was great. Uh, but you could have easily given it to Sean or Gus. Uh, I gave it to Sean. I thought he was brilliant. I thought a lot, a lot of his line deliveries were really good. I thought Thane was really good at points. Like, again, if we're ranking all-time guest stars, he's very low on the list. But his acting in almost a different episode and chewing of the scenery fit in a way that didn't fit but fit. Like, it's a tough way to describe it, but, like, he was playing he was playing jazz, and everybody yeah. else was playing something else. But, like, it still worked. Yeah. It was... Like I said, I wanted to hate him based on my memory of not liking this episode when I first watched it. And definitely there were some things on there, that I, but he's far, far, far. When he's like, a, a guest on when show. he's like, uh, you know, uh, after all this, I got my, I finally got my life back. Blah, blah, blah. I guess it's like, you know, if you, if you didn't go to prison, probably would have took you longer to get the restaurant yeah. back. Right. <laughs> Just saying like, that gimmick I thought that they executed was that was, was excellent. Brilliant. That was excellent. So uh let's let's get to that that sweet, sweet creamsicle billy. Boom, boom, boom. Muffins. Muffins. <laughs> uh so a few running gags. Uh the pineapple. Uh apparently the jewelry manager was wearing a pineapple brooch. Ooh. So I'll have to go back and look at that. And there was a pineapple painting in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, no real nicknames, no description. Oh, Hammer and Gus gave himself a nickname. Yeah. Hammer that... gets a nickname. I give that a nickname. Okay. Hammer and Gus. Okay. <laughs> was that was that on our bracket? Hammer and Gus on our bracket. Though? Wasn't on the bracket because there's more than 64, but <laughs> okay. All right, I'll give it. I'll give it to you. Um, Henry, father of Dick of the Year moment. Uh, the advice about love and money was great. Um, gave guys some key info at times, but Home Depot, baby, that was just him speaking Spanish to the day laborers and having them hop in the back. I struck was just hysterical, hilarious. Um, and then a shit ton of references. I oh, mean, yeah. we get Spike Lee and do the right thing. Hurricane, Hurricane Carter, Ralph- the second. Um. You know what? He, Hurricane Carter might come up later. Yeah. I watch a lot of the seven, eight seasons. Hmm. I don't know You're better they, on this than I am because yeah, this is where my, my rewatch. This is definitely either the first of two or the second of two Hurricane Carter references. Might be the second of two because I feel like Hurricane was definitely mentioned before, I think. Uh, but we get Grapes of Wrath, George uh, Washington Carver, UNICEF. Um, Lance Bass, Lady Gaga, The Blind Side, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Michael Lore? yeah, Michael Lore. We get a great Krypton, uh, Superman reference. Same, you know, that's you know, that's Krypton. Codus, right? He goes, Oh, we're waiting for Codus to uh, give us a hit on that. Superman's oh, is that what Superman? That's Krypton, Damn, and you know, that's... it. <laughs> and then Benjamin Button. Um, so Billy, rating pineapples, how many did you give it? 
6.6 could probably bump it up a little, but I don't think overall it has the yucks of like even autopsy Trevor, which I think we gave eights, but yeah. like it's not like I'll, I'll go back and watch it now more often than not, yeah. but it's still not an all timer. It was, it's a well-executed episode. Absolutely. And I was sort of wrestling between six, six and six, eight. I gave it six, eight. I think maybe we could probably settle six, seven. Perfect. I think right? that is the perfect score. I, I think is, is a great score there. Uh, Cause it's not quite a seven, even though it's got some great yucks and some great memorable moments, but like um, not, not quite there. Although the fucking, just cause you put like, I bought a t-shirt based on this episode. We should make t-shirts. We should put, we should add our psych shirts and say, just cause you put syrup on, don't make a pancake. Don't make a pancake. And I'll buy one for swaggins. Um, so cool boy, son. Come on, son. Get that body with that bull. Come on. What do we got coming up next week, William? We got a couple of, uh, also the, I love when Gus does just, it's so simply just like as his reaction, he just does the, like the bite, like the, yeah. the biting of his lip. <laughs> Hilarious. We have, the season six finale, we are finally out of the Yang trilogy. Not a good thing, not a bad thing. It's just a thing. Uh, Santa Barbara Town. Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent season finale. I I remember I again remember watching this one live, and this was before you know I I, I was I recorded these episodes on my TiVo, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I I watched this one a ton. I fuck I couldn't wait. Like I was dying for the next season to start so that we could get mm. part two because um, I don't think Sykes ever done that where they've ended with one episode Love and started right right loved it and it was so well done it's done in, in sort of homage to uh, Chinatown mm. uh, the great Jack Nicholson uh, vehicle um, this is a Henry centric episode mm-hmm. this is I think brilliantly written brilliantly acted everything about Sean goes it. nuts yeah. Yeah, this is a really great fucking episode, and I can't and we wait get to talk about some it. Some higher production, like psych, breaking stuff, and like yeah, extra sizzle to the figured eyebrow device. Yeah, this is this is a really excellent episode, like a really excellent, like psych has from the beginning, just giving you great season finales, mm-hmm. and uh, this one is right up there at the top. So, with that said, William, welcome back. We are back at it, baby. You know, I'm happy to be here. Where can the people find us? Uh, anywhere they would like. I'm struggling <laughs> towards the end here. It's the first time I've talked for like an hour straight in months. Oh, jeez. Uh, Facebook is where you can find all of the podcasts, including us, TLDR, your other podcast, Change My Mind, your co-host, other podcasts, PCP. Scream's got to be doing another movie soon. Uh, and then... Also, the leaders of the DSG, the Dork Shared Universe, Dork, of course, and Mac and Goo. And I absolutely destroyed some moron on Twitter. Yeah, you did. A comment that I made on a Dork post where I literally laid this guy to waste. It was probably my clearest victory in the history of uh, my life. So, Billy... Billy loves a good Twitter victory, and we're all happy for it. Cause it you... Like, I got, I got time. I got time. Yeah, 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 I got time. And Kim, thank you. We are happy to be back. Uh, Billy's still recovering. I'm on the men's. It was uh, it was a month of just stress and work and sickness, but we're back, baby. <coughs> and uh, we couldn't be any more excited. So until next week, William, my friend, 
Wait for it. Leroy Jenkins. Frank says hi. Suck it, Davey. <laughs> <coughs> Did you end it? Because it still says 